1: Good morning and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. It is August. College football will be played this month. It is pretty exciting. Uh, we are done with media days. So talking season is just about over. But we have uh, Zion Brown, who covered Big Ten media days for us from the IU School of Media uh, up in Indianapolis. Um, He He's going to give us his quick recap of uh, of Big Ten Media Days, and then we'll get into a Big Ten West uh, preview. Uh, the Hoosier Hoto podcast is brought to you by Sports Drink. Uh, you can find Sports Drink on social media at Sports Drink, um, spelled like Sports Drink, just without the vowels. Uh, anyway, Zion, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for covering uh, Big Ten Media Days. Just overall, what was your impression uh, of the event? You went to to just on Tuesday, right?
2: I, I actually did end up going on Wednesday for some Rutgers stuff as well. They need they needed some help uh, their twenty four seven site. They needed some help, so I just recorded stuff for them, which was all, which was cool as well. But yeah, um, well, thanks for having me for one. Thanks for you know letting me cover it last week. It was a fun experience, first time I'd been. It's one of those media days. And the first thing that I really came away with from the IU side of things was just you can tell that they're that and I wasn't sure if they were going to really address must of 2021. I don't know if address is the right word, but I wasn't sure if they were just going to kind of say, no, that's in the past, that's in the past. And while they kind of did that, they really did, they really did show, I thought, the fact that they had account accountability, the fact that they looked themselves in the mirror and they are looking to take what happened last year. And not just say, hey, let's put it in the past. Just saying, hey, this is why that happened. And this is what we're going to try to do to change it. And from a from a confidence, from a from kind of like a vibes level of it, I think it's a good thing that they're doing that. I right like I, I felt reassured. Maybe that's me being an optimist. I felt reassured that as far as just the overall way that that IU football is doing things, I felt reassured that they're doing be right things that they're striving to get back on track in that way. The X's and O's, and especially when you talk about just not knowing who the quarterback will be, the X's and O's with a couple of new coordinators and everything, that's still going to be a huge question mark. I'm not sure they could come out and they just, you know, they don't have the right play calls, the right schemes or whatnot. But from, from my point of view, I think they have the right attitude going into this next season, which, which is a huge deal because you could tell after, after pretty much those two close losses of Cincinnati And those Michigan State games where they win those two games last year, the season may be totally different. Instead, they lose those games. And then from there on out, I feel like the attitude and the just overall morale of the team was in the drain. It feels like they've been able to leave that behind, you know, discover what was the issue attitude wise and kind of move on into this next into this next season.
1: That was something that that shocked me. Uh, One reading your your updates and seeing some of the quotes put out that. Jack Tuttle and um, Cam Jones had a a closed door meeting with Allen so far after the, you know, so close after the season, after the Purdue game. That was something that, you know, I've been covering IU since 2014. Really, I haven't seen that in the Big Ten where they came out and said, hey, we had two players make a PowerPoint um, and address the issues that they saw uh, and go over. I mean, they they went over the whole process of how they did the PowerPoint, and, and they came in. They didn't really address the details of it, which is fine and understandable. But I thought that was the first time I had seen a team come out and say, "Hey, we know we had issues," like you said. Uh, they addressed it. They didn't say, "Hey, last year was last year," and, and it's now twenty twenty two. So that that was to me one of um, you know one of the more surprising things because IU has been so tight lipped about spring practice uh, that they uh they talked about it it was was a little surprising tj any questions for zion
0: yeah you know you got a chance to to speak with um speak with the player representatives that were there for the hoosiers uh did you take anything meaningful out of what any of those guys said outside of the powerpoint uh kind of leadership talk Uh, was there anything meaningful that uh, jumped out to you from cam jones
2: and, uh, and Mullen and Barner. Well, I think the message that they just kept sitting out, that Tom Allen said at the beginning of the day that they were going to keep sitting out, is that they are focused on that September 2nd game against Illinois. And to me, the fact that I think every player said it when I talked to them, of course, Allen said it a bunch. To me, that says that, kind of going back to that thing about last year, I think last year they realized when they went to Iowa, they weren't ready. And I don't know if it was the hype. I don't know if they were I don't know. I wouldn't even say they were looking past Iowa because Iowa was ranked right next to them in the polls. But I think they I think they realized that them getting off to that horrible start where they lost by over 30 at Iowa really derailed their season. Even though they, like I said, they had close games after that, but that really just the fact that not that not even that they lost, you know, going to Iowa and trying to win is hard. The fact that they weren't competitive against the Hawkeyes week one last last year really changed the whole course of the season. So I think this year Illinois, obviously not as talented, but I think this year they're going in and saying, "Hey, we got to take this one week at a time. We got to start with Illinois. They lost those last whatever nine games, I think. Yeah, in the Big Ten last maybe? year. Yep, ten. Thank you. So yeah, they lost all of those games." And so this year they're going, they start with another Big Ten team, which Alan also talked about how he's done that four times now with the opener in his six years there where he started against the Big Ten team. But so this year going in, they're saying, hey, we have to win this game. Like we have to get off to a good start for us to really turn the season around or to, to turn the program around and start the season off the right way we want to."
1: yeah that Illinois game is is huge and you heard Brett Bielema talk about it as well um, that Allen's done a good job kind of limiting how much information has gotten out and things like that Uh, for me like you said coming off an 0-9 conference season um, you know you could add Maryland to that list of games that just broke their back that was a three-point loss where you Know if you get that game, you're sitting at three wins, and, and you have uh, you know, Rutgers and, and Minnesota still on the schedule, and 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 Purdue, and maybe you squeak out you know a couple more wins. But um, this schedule is not as front loaded as last year, uh, and I, I think that you know, you got a lot more home dates in September and October. Uh, if they could get Illinois, I think that sets up the, the the rest of the season. If they beat Illinois, I think IU, their their confidence is back, and I think that goes a long way. They drop that game, um, and, man, that's then that would be 10 in a row in, in the Big Ten. Uh, and a lot of these um, – I don't know how active you are on the social media, on the football side, Zion, but, you know, the, the twi- Twitter fans will turn quickly on this team if they don't get off to a good start, uh, especially with how the off season was handled with Darren Hiller coming back, Walt Bell being hired. Although, you know, I, I think Walt Bell is given, um, you know, people will point out that he went two and twenty three at UMass, and I will say, you know what? It's very impressive he won two games at UMass. It's arguably the worst job in the United States um, is UMass football. So. I, you know, it, it is a huge game. Was there anything else from from other Big Ten teams that um, you took away from you know from the podium sessions? I know Scott Frost to me was was probably I don't know I just don't like the guy. You know he didn't have an opening statement. He he was very dismissive of questions and things like that. But was there somebody outside of the IU uh, quartet that you uh, you took something away from?
2: I'm not sure if I'd say one specific coach, but it felt like when all the coaches were asked about uh, UCLA and USC, they they felt excited about it. Uh, I talked to, like I said, I did Rutgers stuff the next day, and so I got to talk to Shiano about it. And obviously that's been one of the bigger questions is not even necessarily the teams like IU and Illinois, but someone like Rutgers, who is literally all the way across the country from, from those California schools. And he said he's fine with it. He said he's excited that he'll have the chance to sell recruits and to sell to his players that, hey, you'll get to take a couple trips to California, you know, maybe that you've never been able to do in the past. And so he – but he also did acknowledge, which I thought was respectable, that, hey, it's different for us because we travel once a week versus, you know, uh, basketball, volleyball, any pretty much any other sport, which is, is more hectic, you know, weeknights and whatnot. So he acknowledged that. But overall, yeah, I think just about every coach, Said they were excited and happy that uh that USC and UCLA will be joining the conference.
1: And I wanted to ask you one final question. One of the more special news that came out from IU was that they're going to um, celebrate George Taliaferro with the 44 jersey. I, I thought this is a too long of a time coming. Um, you know, honoring George at least on the field, they have a statue outside of the north end zone and George Taliaferro uh, Plaza. He is. Arguably the best player in IU history. Um, I think he's the most impactful player uh, in IU football history. He was the first black player drafted in the NFL. He took that uh, 1945 team to a Big Ten title, undefeated season. Um, they, they probably win more games, but he got drafted into the Army the next year. Uh, he did a lot of things off the field to, to integrate Bloomington, and, um, and the IU campus and things like that, just how, you know, what was the feeling around the the players and and Tom Allen around that news?
2: Yeah, Tom Allen, I mean, he addressed it right away when he went to his individual little breakout session, like before we even asked the question, he said, he said, Hey, uh, I'd like to announce because, because uh, it had been leaked as, as you saw Sammy kind of the night before on accident. And so he, he just went straight away and said, I'd, I'd like to announce that we're doing this award from here on out. The first recipient this year is linebacker Aaron Casey. And he talked about how, you know, he could going forward. They could. I don't know who, who exactly decides. It. I don't know if it's going to be the head coach or I don't know how maybe it'll be voted on Pawn coaches. I don't know how they're going to decide it necessarily. I don't know if he decided it this year or not,
1: but they had a, a council of coaches decided. it. Gotcha.
2: Yeah. So. I know he talks about in the future, you know, if there's a freshman that comes on and they just really feel like he's an honorable young man and he's somebody who represents what George Talaferro did in football at IU and in the Big Ten, then that freshman will wear it for 45 years, however long he's on the team. So I thought that was interesting. And I just hope, you know, going forward that the people that do get this award, that do get to wear that jersey, understand the significance of that, you know, because of the the barriers that George Talaferro broke. In at IU in the NFL and whatnot, and the significance of being able to you know honor him and wear that jersey number, I think that'll be a really nice thing going forward. Especially if the players that get it really honor that and really understand how big of a deal that is.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a great way to honor some IU football history too, which the university really hasn't done that great of a job. They have some really good IU uh, you know football history in their past, and George George Taliaferro, I, he. He's, he's a legend. There's not many people who get bigger than George Taliaferro, so that was um, when they announced it, yeah, by accident the night before, uh, but when they announced it, that that was pretty cool. So, Zion, thank you for covering Big Ten Media Days for us. Uh, hopefully we link up uh, again in the future and, uh, you know, t- tell people where to follow you on Twitter and, and what you're going to be doing this fall.
2: Uh yeah, my Twitter's confusing, but it's z 10 nbr Br0WN. And yeah, this fall, uh I I'll be calling some IU football for WIUX. Like you said, I'm in the IU media school, so I'll be calling some football games for WIUX. And then later in the fall, as men's basketball gets started, I will be covering men's basketball for the Hoosier Network, so it should be a fun time. Thank you guys for just giving me this opportunity over this last week. I, I Like I said, I really enjoyed going to the media days. My first time doing that for any sport really. So that was a fun experience and thank you.
1: All right, thanks Zion. Uh, we'll get you out of here. And uh, thank you, Zion. Zion also put on a, a YouTube video for uh, for media days as well that, that could be found on the site. So excellent work Zion and uh, we'll see you this fall up in the uh, the press box in the IU games.
2: All right, thank you, thank you.
1: All right, that was Zion Brown uh, who covered Big Ten media days for us. TJ, any final thoughts on, on media day before we get to uh, the Big Ten West?
0: I think he hit the, the nail on the head. Certainly the, the headliner from an IU perspective was that uh, acknowledgement from the players that yeah, Uh, things went really terribly wrong last season. And and Tom Allen mentioned that, you know, not getting into specifics, but saying, look, there were no, you know, one single issue. There was no like gigantic red flag. It was more, a lot of little things that he was happy that the leadership on the player side recognized very quickly these little things aren't getting done, and these little things add up to why we are where we are at the end of 2021, um, and that they were able to acknowledge those, recognize those, and then make a plan to fix those errors so that it does not happen again in 2022 um, and that that foundational culture can, can be repaired. Um, we'll see you know um all of that certainly sounds great on paper and i it sounds like there's absolutely the best of intentions from the leadership council of the players and from the uh the guys that did that powerpoint but only time is going to tell whether or not those fixes have taken hold um so you know we're about a month away from from finding out whether or not uh all that hard work in the off season combined with those fixes to that culture and trying to get back to doing those little things that they're, that they need to do, whether or not those things are, are going to pay off.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it was, it's still kind of shocking that they came out and, and told the story about, about the PowerPoint and, and all those things. Cause you see a lot of programs just sweep that stuff under the rug. Uh, don't mention it and things like that. So um, really interesting stuff coming out of media day where usually you don't get a lot of stuff uh, like that. It's just, Hey, we're, we're excited for next year. We're excited for the new players or, you know, and all of that stuff, or like Scott Frost, you don't get anything. Um, all right. TJ, and let's... I thought it was,
0: I thought it was really important that
1: there was no finger pointing. Yep.
0: There was no public admonishment. There was no throwing guys under the bus. Yep. It was, look, we had issues. We're acknowledging those issues. We took steps as leaders to fix those issues. It it doesn't have to be anything specific. It does not have to be, well, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod. These guys, what a bunch of assholes. It, it wasn't anything like that. It was an acknowledgement, And here are some steps that we took as leaders to make sure this doesn't happen again. This is important to us. This program is important to us. And that's why we have to step up and hold each other accountable as a group as an entire team. Um, And, and, you know, a lot of times when you get into, oh, things went wrong, it can very quickly devolve into a finger pointing accusatory admonishment group, and and it doesn't appear that that was the case, which I think is really important.
1: Yeah, that is important, and uh, TJ, if we get fined by the FCC, I'm going to forward it on to you. Uh, So, yeah, yeah, so if we're not on the air next week, uh, we know who to blame, Uh, but we're not finger-pointing. We're going to put it together, PowerPoint, and and things like that. Um, Anyway, TJ, let's get into the Big Ten West. This is Again, every year, to me, it comes down to who draws the short straw or the long straw out of the uh, the crossover games. And uh, it feels like everyone has a shot to win, win the division title. Yes, even Northwestern and Illinois, um, I, I think, have a glimmer of hope this year. But it, it's the Big Ten West. Um, the, I guess the first question is, Does anybody coming out of the West have a chance against anybody coming out of the East? Uh, You know, especially Michigan and Ohio State. No. Good answer. Nope. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think divisions are stupid. Divisions are stupid. I think since 2014, the East is, I believe, eight no against the West in the Big Ten um, title game in the Big Ten title game. Uh, for me, it's it's wide open in the West. That's I mean that's our we've gone through themes through all the the Power Five conferences. I yeah. think the theme, um, the theme here is, is it's wide open. Each team has a strength. Each team has a weakness, um, and it's gonna be you know whose whose strength is the best and whose weakness is really the least. Uh, let's start. Um, we'll go in alphabetical order. TJ, uh, we'll start Illinois. Uh, you know, they they're coming off a five and seven season. They beat Penn State, Nebraska, and Minnesota uh last year. Beating Penn State and Minnesota on the road was was quite defeat. Uh they bring in Tommy DeVito uh from Syracuse to take over the quarterback position. They bring in uh the OC over from UTSA. They're gonna run a, an offense called Tem Pro. Um it's a you know pro style offense that will run at a tempo at times, uh, but it, it's hard to believe that um, Brett Bielema is not just going to run the ball. And until I see something different, that's what I'm going to believe. Uh, but Illinois' defense—they lose some talent on the back end. That was their strength last year, uh, along with the running game with, with Chase Brown. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on Illinois?
0: So I, I think that. It's another school, another program here in the Big Ten, new quarterback, transfer quarterback, new offensive coordinator, trying to figure out what to do to jumpstart the offense. Only 20.2 points a game last year, Um, really anemic passing offense. They've got to figure out how to get that. They don't really have any differences at playmaker, difference makers uh, at receiver, I should say. Really good group of running backs. Uh, Tommy DeVito was inconsistent, but capable of some really good games while he was at Syracuse. Uh, he's expected to be the uh, the quarterback over Art Sikowski, former Rutgers quarterback. Um, I I think that the biggest question marks for them can they identify and develop a consistent passing game, and then number two. Can the defense continue to play like they did last year? They were they were pretty good last year, uh, just 21.9 points per game allowed. Uh, but they do lose their their top two edge rushers. They bring back six uh, six starters. I I think Illinois is again it, it, we talked about it all offseason. It's a matchup opponent for IU, uh, a team that figures to be right in the middle to the bottom of the Big Ten West, I do not see them as a contender to win the division, um, even if everything goes right for them. Uh, But I I think it's very possible that if if their cards break right, uh, they could find themselves going to a bowl game. But um, again, the the biggest question marks are finding those difference makers at receiver. Isaiah Williams is probably the best option, uh, but he's not uh, not a game breaker to me, and they need more than just him. Uh, the running backs are good. Can they find guys to make consistent plays in the passing game, and can the defense continue what they did last year? Um, I, I think that it's a program on the right path with Bielema, uh, but I think there's legitimate questions about where exactly the ceiling is for for a Brett Bielema led group in Illinois. I'm I'm not sure, even in a Big Ten West that's wide open, um, I I don't see him being able to turn that into like a uh, Wisconsin-type program that that he had going, uh, you know, several years ago. So an interesting team and and one that we're going to spend a lot of time focusing on over the next month.
1: Yeah, and it's another – I think another hole there might be Uh, you know, filling in some of the offensive line positions uh, where there was attrition. Last year, they had a a very veteran team thanks to uh, the COVID rules and things like that. So, you know, a lot of people moved on. Uh, But we'll see. Uh, Their crossover games are, uh, of course, IU. uh, And then they have uh, Michigan State at home and at Michigan. So not the easiest draw, uh, but you do avoid uh, Ohio State uh, and a trip to Penn State, which the, Illinois had played Penn State, I think, four times in a row in Happy Valley. Uh, so I bet they're happy about that. Let's move on to Iowa. Uh, TJ, I think this is we, – we could just play the Iowa uh, preview that we had last year. I, I think it's very similar um, to, to yeah. who they were last year. I, I'm not impressed with Iowa. I wasn't impressed with them last year. Uh, I just—they're very, very good on defense. Their offense, their offense is not good. I, I just—I don't see it. They move Brian Ferentz, um to quarterbacks coach, uh, but I think it's the philosophy on offense that makes them not good. Uh, you know, um, so we'll we'll see. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on Iowa? Uh, their hopes were high about
0: uh, Spencer Petras at quarterback. Now, coming into this season, it's, it's not even sure whether or not he's going to be uh, the starting quarterback. Alex Padilla uh, could be the guy there after camp. I I don't know if it matters. I think you're right. That's an offensive system that just is not getting the job done, and it happens every year. Um, yeah, you know, They've got Jack Campbell, who might be the best defensive player in the league. They have Riley Moss, who's one of the best corners in college football, if not, you know, Big Ten. Um, yeah,
1: he might have had more receiving touchdowns for Michael Penix than, than all the yeah, IU I mean, wide and, receivers last year.
0: And he did that several times last yep. season. He is a playmaker for them, for sure. Uh, really good defensive line, of course. I mean, look, they were able to force 31 turnovers last season, which – Figures probably not to happen again. I know that there's, they they are a very sound defensive group, but I I have a hard time seeing them force that many. Um, they do get, uh, Michigan and Ohio state as, as crossover opponents, uh, Michigan going into Iowa city. Uh, they, they play Wisconsin at home, but they have to go to Purdue and Minnesota. I think the question is, as it always is, I mean, can their passing game do enough to make their offense adequate? And I don't really see it. I mean, the offensive line, despite having Tyler Linderbaum last year, their their numbers weren't really very good.
1: They um, I believe they led up the most line. sacks in the Big Ten.
0: Yeah, and and the running game was was decent, but not what you would have expected with Tyver Goodson at running back and what everybody was hyping up as this road-grading offensive line. It didn't really develop that way. Uh, I think they'll be fine running the ball. They always are. But I don't think it's going to be some dominant running game that's going to make up for the lack of passing attack, the lack of big plays on offense. Uh, they're They're probably going to be um just about what you would expect and with the schedule that they've got i don't really see them being able to finish much better than i think the ceiling is probably second i just don't think the offense is going to be good enough to win uh big games against teams like michigan and ohio state and really i don't see them being able to score enough to keep pace with the boilermakers either
1: Yeah, Purdue's kind of had their number over the last couple of years. I do think that if you're a Michigan fan going into Iowa um, uh, October 1st, usually night game. um, We've seen this before where a national title contender, a playoff contender goes into Iowa City and just gets housed, um, especially from the East. Uh, We signed, I think, 2017 with Ohio State. Uh, We've seen Michigan in 2016 go in there and and lose. Penn State's gone in there and lost. It's a tough place to play. And I think if that ends up being a night game, I'm probably taking Iowa against Michigan. But you do have to go to Purdue. You have to go to Minnesota. Um, And and I think, you know, going to Rutgers is kind of a tough trip. Uh, It's probably a noon – a sleepy noon game, uh, in New Jersey, and they're going to be fired up to go. Now it's whoever's offense scores two touchdowns probably wins that game. Uh, but you know, it's, I'm not impressed with Iowa. I haven't been impressed with Iowa, uh, for a while, but just like, uh, Wisconsin does, they're really good at what they do. Uh, and they're tough. They're usually well coached and playing at Kinnick stadiums, uh, a, a really difficult task. So, I, I don't think they contend. I I I, you're, I think you know they they probably trip up at Purdue again, uh, at Ohio State, and and maybe Michigan. You're, you're probably looking at a three or four loss Iowa team uh, right there, yeah. TJ. Let's get into. I believe Minnesota is next. Um, let's yeah. get to to the Gophers. Um, Minnesota, uh, they're coming off a, a season. Where where they did pretty well. Uh, they were nine and four overall, tied for second. They they beat Wisconsin, which is kind of surprised last year. I think it's their their second win in in the last like seventeen years against the Badgers. Um, but you know, I, I thought they played above their skill set last year uh, a little bit, going nine and four, six and three, um, uh, winning their winning their bowl game uh, against West Virginia in an ugly 18 six game uh, this year. They have to go to Michigan state to Penn state and you get Rutgers at home. So uh, you, you dodged Ohio state, but you got two uh, tough road games out of the East to get Purdue at home um, after the Michigan state game on October 1st. Uh, and then, you know, you have to go to Wisconsin at the end of the season. Their non-conference schedule is super soft. Uh, New Mexico State, Western Illinois, Colorado. Uh, this, I, I think, it would be a very similar year to last year. Uh, they do get Mo Ibrahim back, who had – it looked like an Achilles injury uh, last year against Ohio State in the opener. Um they get Tanner Morgan back they bring back uh their offensive coordinator who i think it's it's Brett it's uh Kirk Soraka. Kirk Siraca. Mm-hmm. yeah he was really good with them two uh 3 years ago in 2019 when they had um they had a great season uh and and, and Tanner Mar- Morgan had their best season if he could recreate that that magic he had with them i Minnesota you know Minnesota will will throw their hat in the ring um as well do they have just like Iowa um just like Illinois do they have the playmakers at wide receiver uh, to to um, you know to to open it up not just lean on the running game with the with Ibrahim and, and Trey Potts they do get you know about half of their defense returns from last year they do lose a lot of those offensive linemen um, yep. And some of the big defense alignment. So I think that's where the weakness is for Minnesota is in the trenches as they try and rebuild. That offensive line for Minnesota last year was really, really huge and really, really good. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. Um, and, and again, can they, it, they'll, their season's going to go uh, how that that Purdue game ends up. Uh, in, in, on October first, if they lose to Purdue at home, uh, they, they're probably out of the Big Ten West uh, title race. So, what are your thoughts?
0: Uh, I think Kirk Characka's hiring, uh, rehiring, was was a really good move uh, because you're you have to look at this season as okay, we have Tanner Morgan. How do we maximize Tanner Morgan in the last season that we have with him? Um, and the answer was, let's bring back the offensive coordinator that had the most success with him. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Mo Ibrahim, you hope that he's healthy. If he is, that's a really good weapon at running back. Uh, Yeah, they do lose four starting offensive linemen. However, they've recruited really well at that position. Um, I, I know that they feel good about the guys that they have ready to step in. Uh, and the returning starters that they do have is a really good center, John Michael Smith. He's one of the best in the country. So I I, I give them the benefit of the doubt. Benefit of the doubt on the offensive line. I think the defensive line a uh, bit more of a concern, just because it's so hard to find difference-making pass rushers, which they had in Boye Mafe. Um, but again, behind that defensive line. Looks like a really good defense, and they only gave up 17.3 a game last year. So a lot to like on that defense. The top five pass catchers, none of them all that dynamic, uh, but still a lot of experience coming back at the receiver group. So I think when you put that together combined with they get to avoid Michigan and Ohio State, they're hosting Purdue. They're hosting Iowa. Uh, I I I think West or, uh, Minnesota. It's a bit of throwing darts with the Big Ten West, admittedly. But um, and and part of this is I really just do not want to pick Purdue. Um, yeah. I'm going with Minnesota to win the West, and the rationale I have for it is kind of what I just laid out. Plus, they get Purdue at home on October 1st for their homecoming game. Um, So I'll I'll kind of add that up and think they've got enough things in their favor for me to to pick them.
1: Yeah, Purdue at home, Iowa at home, Northwestern at home, Rutgers at home are your four uh, Big Ten home games. They do have to go on the road five times in Big Ten play, and they end the season at Camp Randall. Uh, And and you know the Badgers will want that ax back. But, yeah, Minnesota – I I think they'll be in the race uh, late. I'm trying not to pick Purdue, but uh, I think they'll be in the race late there as well. Uh, The Big 10 West always comes down to that last week, and usually it's, you know, Wisconsin will lose early in, in in the conference schedule, and then they'll bounce back or, you know, Northwestern surprises the last two out of three years and things like that, but Uh, Let's move on to Nebraska, Um, TJ. This is a team I don't know what to make of. Uh, You know, they're hanging their hat on that eight of their nine losses last year by one score or less. But, that you know, we've we've heard that excuse at IU. They're one play away or whatever, five plays away from being a nine-win football team. If they scored here, didn't fumble there, they beat these guys. It's we we've seen that song and dance at IU, and now it's happening at Nebraska. Um, they're bringing in a ton of transfers. Uh, you got Casey Casey Thompson's coming in from Texas uh, at quarterback. Um, you got you know you. you a whole bunch of new starters on offense, only four starters return on offense. Um, you've got only four starters returning on defense. So it's kind of like IU where you're bringing in a lot of different people, but it's how much do you believe in Scott Frost and, and this program? Uh, you know, they, they open the season in Dublin against Northwestern, which, you know, if they're going to lose a stupid game, that might be the stupidest game they're going to lose. Uh, and they might, If you lose to Northwestern and Ireland, you just thank whoever made the schedule that you're an ocean away from Lincoln Um, because Scott Frost, I still think he's he's on the hot seat uh, and things like that. You've got Oklahoma in the non-conference schedule uh, before an open week, then Indiana on October 1st, your crossovers. And I don't want to hear any more Nebraska complaining about crossover games. They lose Ohio State and Michigan State from last year's schedule. And who and who else did they play? And oh, Michigan's back on, but they go to Michigan. So they drop Ohio State and Michigan State and pick up Indiana and Rutgers. So I don't want to hear Scott Frost or the AD over there or any fans in Nebraska complain about your, your crossover games because you hit the jackpot on crossover games. I, the only other way you could be better than that is if you you get Maryland at home, and that wasn't going to happen, um, you get Wisconsin at home, uh, you end the season at Iowa. I don't think, I don't think Scott Frost makes it past October. That that's just a gut feeling. Um, you know they, they'll probably beat Northwestern. I, they'll probably lose to Oklahoma. And then you have a a string in October. Here's who you play Indiana at Rutgers on a Friday night, which I think is going to be a tough game for them at Purdue and Illinois at home. You cannot go worse than three and one in that stretch. If you're Scott Frost, I I mean, I would say you can't go worse than four and Oh, uh, except Purdue's on there. Um, And it's at Purdue. I don't know if he makes it past October um his big 10 media days things he looks absolutely miserable he's big time in people with no opening statements um he's they haven't made a bowl game since 2016 and this was supposed to be you know the favorite son returning home and they're gonna be awesome and we're going back to the blue blood days but instead of the blue blood days now you're hanging your hat on well eight of our wins were by eight points or less. Well, congratulations, Nebraska. You were three and nine last year. Um, What are your thoughts on Nebraska? Oh, and they're not winning the Big Ten West. Yeah,
0: I I mean, on the positive side, I think Casey Thompson uh, transferred from Texas. Exciting, uh, very exciting player for them. Um, and, And then I think that Mark Whipple is a really good hire at offensive coordinator. Um, I was thoroughly impressed with Mark Whipple's work at Pittsburgh. I think that they were a very fun offense that obviously uh, did very well developing Kenny Pickett um, and some standout receivers. The question is, is Casey Thompson Kenny Pickett? And do they have the receivers to kind of make that offense sing the way that they did at Pittsburgh. I mean, Jordan Addison is definitely not playing in Lincoln. Um, I'm a bit underwhelmed by the running back talent, but you know, that that's really largely going to be determined by the, the scheme and the offensive line, which has to get better. Uh, their line play absolutely has to be better up front on offense. They've got a Replace some really good players on defense. They turn to the transfer portal to do that. Uh, They've got guys on paper. You know, they came from good programs, TCU and Alabama. And um, you've got to be somewhat encouraged by that, I guess. Uh, But a ton of question marks still on that. You're right. I mean, that schedule, those are games that they expect to win, but they're very losable. and their their losses that if they do occur, they're not going to look good. Um, I, I don't go as far as you thinking that Scott Frost is going to get the boot uh, during the season, but I can see how it unravels pretty quickly. Um, I think an optimist could look at it and say, well, yeah, but if Casey Thompson is that much better than what they had before at quarterback, does that make the difference and get them over the hump in these close games? Um, I thought Adrian Martinez is a pretty out. darn
1: good quarterback though. Well, like that, he, that's he, I was going to say, they, they have,
0: Adrian Martinez has been the punching boy um, for that fan base here for the past few years with ignoring kind of all the great plays he makes and just focusing on, well, yeah, but then he made that bad turnover. That's true. That's part of the Adrian Martinez experience, but a lot of his great plays were what made those close games in the first place. Um, yep. Without that play at quarterback, what's going to happen? Is it going to be for the better? Is it going to be for the worse? Uh, I'll, I will admit, I don't know what to make of them. Uh, I do think it's going to be entertaining to watch. If they win some games, they will be jumping up and down, doing cartwheels and proclaiming that, hey, we fixed it we we figured it out college football playoff here we come if they lose a couple of those early games then you know it, it's katie bar the door and and we'll see who survives it uh i i think it's one of the more nebraska's one of the more interesting teams in a very scrambled up west i, I don't have any feel whatsoever for the cornhouse corn huskers
1: I, I just I I don't believe in them. I don't believe in Scott Frost, and they're gonna yeah. have to 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 show me. I mean, it's, it's Casey Thompson threw nine interceptions at in Texas last year. They lost to Kansas. Texas went whatever five and seven or four and eight, whatever garbage record they had. Um, and they fell off the the face of the planet too after having a twenty one point lead at Oklahoma. Or against Oklahoma, they fell off the the planet. So just because you get a transfer from Texas, and you think you know, it's not 1995 anymore. Uh, Texas isn't what it used to be, and Nebraska is not what it used to be. Um, and just you automatically think that Casey Thompson's going to come in and and make things right. I mean, we'll see. Uh, Mark Whipple was a good hire, but you know. It, like you said there's no jordan addison on this team there's no kenny pickett and we'll see what this offensive line could do I, nebraska lost one of their starters on the offensive line for the year because he failed a drug test which leads me to believe it wasn't pot but it was you know peds uh if they did it for a year so you know w- we'll see we'll see what they what they do i don't i just I don't think he's – if if I was, if there was a bet on when Scott Frost is going to get let go, I don't think he makes it to – I just – I don't think he makes it to October. Uh, by the way, Adrian Martinez threw 10 interceptions last year on way more passes. So, yeah. you know, it's not like he's, you know, he's uh, throwing 30 picks over there uh, and, and things like that. So – We'll see. It's going to be an interesting year for Nebraska. Um, and uh, we'll get on to who they're playing in week zero uh, uh, is Northwestern. So let's get on to the Wildcats. It is an even-numbered year, TJ. So is that, this making them your automatic pick for the Big Ten West since they won in 2020? Well, yeah. And uh, if
0: they had a quarterback. I mean, and and really this, I think, highlights the the west in general i mean how many of these teams are we talking about that just have gigantic question marks on offense yep like I, I mean goodness gracious you you look at northwestern's offense painful and yes their defense took a big step back last year and i think that there's a big concern with it was the first year without longtime coordinator mike hankwitz and it did not go well
1: no, uh, and you're and they lose the best player off that defense and Brandon Joseph who jumps to Notre Dame. Uh, I do think that Pat Fitzgerald is a great coach. Uh, He'll have them ready for that opener in Dublin, but you you look, as you said, a quarterback, they have Ryan Holinski, who didn't do much last year uh, and, and Brendan Sullivan, who's a sophomore. Uh, It's, you know, you got Camp Warder, who, who's coming back after an ACL? Evan Hall played for them last year. You have good, good running backs, but yeah, you've got no. solid running backs. Three out of your, you know, four out of your five offensive linemen are back. Both tight ends are back. You get Malik Washington back at um, wide receiver who had 44 catches last, last year. Um, the defense, you know, as bad as they were last year, they do only bring back uh five starters so you know we'll see and their their recruiting hasn't been terrible um no you know, the, their recruit they were um you know 48th nationally last year they didn't have a ton of commits they only had 16 commits but two of them were five four stars and 14 uh were three stars so and their crossover games at penn state at maryland and ohio state not great um they they kind of got the the bad end of the stick there uh with with those so they're going to have to win their matchup games but you you have to go to Purdue, to Minnesota, to Penn State, to Maryland uh, and then you're in Dublin against Nebraska which I think is going to be a crap shoot. It's an opener, you're overseas. Um, other teams breaking in a new quarterback. And and I think the X factor in that game is going to be Pat Fitzgerald because uh, I think he's a much better coach than, than Scott Frost. But I I don't think Northwest. I, I think this is the year that breaks that streak of even year um, West Division titles. I, and and we'll see if they can rebound after going three and nine last year. Can they get back to to get into six wins or imp- just just improve over that that three wins? Right. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um so I, I guess Purdue would be next. Ah uh, boy.
1: Th- this one hard to to
0: talk about because Purdue's in pretty good shape. Uh um, yeah, they have the best
1: I, I think they have the best quarterback in the division. Um yep. probably O'Connell. not close. Uh depends which um which uh Minnesota quarterback you get. Um man, I'm that's, blanking that's on his name now. If he if you get the 2019 version, I think it's close. Uh, Purdue's holes. Purdue does have some holes, though. You know, you lose yeah. David Bell, yeah. you lose Milton Wright. The offensive line is is not great, but they Jeff Brom figures it out. You know, talent wise, Purdue's offensive line is not as good as Indiana's, but Jeff Brom um, is a, a heck of an offensive play caller and schemer, and will, you know. We'll make that throw the ball quickly, get the ball out, and, and make it to where that offensive line actually looks pretty good. Uh, they the run game is kind of non-existent. There, I think the danger there for Purdue is kind of becoming one-dimensional. But you bring yeah. in, um, you know, Brock Thompson had an unbelievable Music City Bowl on two bad knees. Uh, he's back. Uh, TJ Sheffield has shown some consistent, uh, you know, some playmaking ability. Tyrone Tracy from Iowa is pretty good, and then you also bring in, um, oh, who's the little kick returner from Iowa? Um, Charlie Jones. Yeah, you bring in Charlie Jones there as well. I and you got three or four wide receivers who could play. Uh, and then Payne Durham's a solid tight end. King Doru yep. at running back. He he'll. He'll carry the ball. I just don't know if they're going to lean on the running game uh, with that pass game. Their rush offense was under 100 yards. I mean, 84.2 yards per game and ranked 127th in the country. And still they had, you know, a top 35 offense. So, yeah, it pains me to say it, TJ. Man, it, it might be Purdue's. Purdue's division to lose their, their defense, Brent, you lose, you have to replace George Karloff, which is huge. Um, and you have well, that's to, not it.
0: I mean, DeMarcus yeah. Mitchell uh, and Jalen Alexander, the linebacker might've been their three best defensive players all gone. Um, yep. It's not that they don't still have talent and they're, they're also having to replace the defensive coordinator uh, that that left. And Ron English is a, a veteran coach that uh, knows what he's doing. But still, that that's a change that uh, was a result of them playing very well on defense. So how yeah. does that how does that transition take place? We've seen before uh, with Indiana. You know, um, Kane Womack left take a head coaching job as a result of good performance as a coordinator. Um, and having to bring in a new coordinator into an established system, he puts his tweaks on it, and things fall apart. Um, Who knows? I mean, Ron English, a veteran coach, so I don't expect that to happen, but still, uh, they do have some personnel uh, to replace. Now, Purdue's biggest asset outside of Aiden O'Connell is probably their schedule. They don't play Ohio State. They don't play Michigan State. They don't play Michigan Penn State goes to West Lafayette. And then an opener. Um, it's as easy as you could have. Um, now they're their interdivision games a little bit tough. You know, we mentioned earlier uh, they do have to play at Minnesota uh, for Minnesota's homecoming. So it's not all cake, uh, but it's just about as easy as you could pick within the Big Ten. So um, Yes, I, I think it's very possible that if they can figure out some things on the defensive end, find, they've got depth at wide receiver. Can they find some difference making guys, um, you know, that, that make the, the one or two plays a game that David Bell was able to make that just separates you from everybody else. Can they find that guy uh, on the offensive side of the ball? and can they replace the kind of the the players that you had to scheme for on defense like george karloftis can they find players to produce that pass rush one-on-one or even one-on-two and open up things to the rest of your team can they find those guys because that's very hard to do so i think karloftis is going to be a big loss for this unit as well um but The schedule sets up so nicely, and you've got the answer at quarterback, which very few other teams in this division have.
1: Yeah, you have the answer at quarterback. I think this season goes, if they could knock off Penn State uh, in the opener, uh, which is, it's possible, um, I would even say probable, that Purdue's going to put together a special season uh, and, you know, hopefully not make. IU fans totally miserable uh, and, and things like that. But you're right, their schedule lines up. I think their offense is good enough to kind of make up for those deficits on defense or at least um, at least cover them up early in the season enough to where the defense could get their feet under them uh, and, and uh, kind of maybe recover later in the season. They do have to go to Syracuse. I think this is a better Syracuse team. Uh, Than last year, it's playing in that dome is tricky, especially in September. Um, but if they can find a way to beat Wisconsin on October twenty second, they, they could go to they they are going to win the West if they beat Wisconsin and Penn State. They're going to win the West, uh, but, but they haven't beaten Wisconsin since I think two thousand and three. Um, they no matter how good Purdue was last year, they just fell apart against Wisconsin. They lost 30 to 13 at home, uh, and, and things like that. But yeah, I, I, this sucks. Um, it sucks to pick Purdue to win the West, but that's, that's the nature of the beast this year. Uh, finally, uh, in, in the West TJ, uh, we end up with the Wisconsin Badgers. This team more often than not wins the West division. Um, their schedule they do have to go to ohio state and michigan state and they get maryland at home it is to me i think that's the toughest draw without drawing all three big boy or you know having all three big boys on there um wisconsin's offense is their problem so getting maryland uh whose offense is not their problem can they outscore? You know, can their defense keep Maryland out of the end zone enough for Wisconsin's offense to um, to do some damage a, a little bit? I they Graham Mertz is back. He was a guy a couple years ago that everybody was saying, "Oh my God, he's a five-star, four-star, you know, guy who's offered by Ohio State. He spurned them and went to Wisconsin." This is this is the guy who's going to bring the West to. Uh, a big 10 title didn't happen. Uh, you got Braylon Allen back at running back. Uh, he looks really good. He was a freshman last year. Uh, do they have the depth of running back after, um, after, uh, I think it's Jalen Ramsey went to, um, Michigan state. They have to replace both the starting wide receivers. Their fullback, uh, they return three out of the five of their starters on the offensive line, but I don't worry about Wisconsin's offensive line. Uh, and then they, they only bring back three starters on defense. So I think this would be the year that if Purdue is going to beat Wisconsin, this is the year uh, it, it looks like a transitional year for Wisconsin. That doesn't mean they're not going to go to a bowl game or things like that, but you know, I don't know if you get that nine win, Wisconsin team. I, this might be like a 7-8 win Wisconsin team, uh, including a bowl. Uh, it happens every so often. So we'll see. What, what's your take on Wisconsin? Uh,
0: so Braylon Allen at running back, that that's a guy. I mean, he is really good. Um, so they have the difference maker at running back for sure. Jim Leonard is going to be a head coach soon I don't know if it's after this year or not but he will be very soon they're going to be good on defense we know that Braylon Allen is going to be a beast running the ball I feel like we know that the questions come after and it's Graham Mertz and a really weak wide receiver tight end group Jake Ferguson off to the NFL Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor both gone um I just don't know if they can move the ball enough on offense through the air uh to to really um be able to uh win some of these games like i I don't they're not going to be able to score with ohio state we've seen that happen time and time again the michigan state game that's somewhat of a toss-up but it's on the road Uh, i do like their interdivisional schedule though where they get uh, they get Minnesota at home to close the season. They get Purdue at home on October 22nd. Um, and, and Purdue is a team that, as we mentioned, they've been able to, to have their number. So, uh, I, I look at it and see like an eight, maybe nine win Wisconsin team, but I don't think that their passing game is good enough to win the division. Um, but I could be very wrong about that because we do know they'll have a great defense and they'll probably have a great running back. And in this division that those, those two things might be big enough strengths to get them where they want to go. If they can keep the passing game from being a complete liability, it won't be awesome, but if they can get it to average, they've got a shot to win the division yet again.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree with that. And, you know, it, it would be – wouldn't shock me. It would be a very Wisconsin thing to do no, is, no. you know, a ho-hum Wisconsin grind you out, win games, you know, 24 nothing, 24-14, 27-7. That, that's the Wisconsin way of doing things. Um, so so we'll see. All right, TJ, uh, official pick for the West.
0: Uh, Minnesota um, is my official pick for the West. I I think it's going out on a limb for sure, but I don't see a you know lockdown favorite, so might as well take a shot on that.
1: Yeah, I kind of don't want to pick Purdue, um, but I do think they have the the best quarterback. However, overall, I, I do think Minnesota. Um, I, I agree with you. I think Minnesota with Tanner Morgan has you know, just the best overall um, – the best overall team. You have Tanner Morgan, Chris Ottman, Bell. The defense is pretty good, uh, and you get Purdue at home. So uh, – but it, it's going to be close. There there are two or three teams, Wisconsin, Purdue, Minnesota, that I think are going to be vying for it the last week, and uh, maybe Purdue comes into Memorial Stadium with a chance of the division title. And I don't think there'd be anything better for Hoosier fans than to knock off Purdue, get the bucket back and keep them from winning the West at home, you know, in, in your stadium uh, than that. So it's the West is definitely going to be interesting. Um, there's a lot of teams very evenly matched. So you're going to get some really, really I guess good games. Uh, they might not be the prettiest games, but they'll be uh, close and, and down to the wire. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, TJ, finally, uh, we'll do our uh, road trip pick. Which, uh, for, for the West, um, which, uh, which game are you going to in the West?
0: Yeah, so, I've always wanted to go to a game at Camp Randall, and the season finale against Minnesota uh, looks like one as good as any, given the stakes that I think Minnesota will be playing for. Uh, so, I'll go with November 26th. The
1: Wisconsin Badgers hosting Minnesota. Well, bring your pack your snowsuit. It, it will be cold Thanksgiving weekend right. yeah, for that, for that uh, one. Uh, bring yeah. bring your um, bring your snowsuit. I think I would go. To, I love Kinnick. I love Iowa's uh, game day atmosphere out there. Yeah. I'm going October first when Michigan comes comes around, especially if that game is a night game. Um, it's a special atmosphere out out in Iowa City, and as uh, as we've seen in the past, that's where uh, Big Ten title dreams go to die. Sometimes uh, for for East opponents is is Iowa City, so I'm going to take October first, Michigan at Iowa. Yep, yeah, I
0: think that would be a a lot of fun as well. That does look like a special special atmosphere for big games, and that will certainly qualify.
1: Awesome. Well, that does it for the Big Ten West uh, preview. We'll be back next week to preview the Big Ten East, and then we'll get on with our uh, individual position uh, previews for IU. Uh, Fall camp has started. IU players reported to camp last night. They have a photo shoot uh, this morning on Monday. I will be down at practice on Tuesday and hopefully Thursday. Uh, to see some things and and, uh, talk with Alan and some coaches and some players. So I'll report back on that. Keep coming to HoosierHuddle.com. We have all your news uh, covered, recruiting, practice, fall camp updates, injury updates, uh, award watch list updates, anything uh, IU football. We've got it. Uh, TJ, thank you for joining me again. Uh, And you can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. the last few weeks, summer, and uh, football will be here. Before you know it, it's, it, week zero is August 27th. That's when Big Ten football starts.
0: Thank you, everybody. Have a good week.
3: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
4: I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry...